Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all of you creatures, goblins and gremlins, witches and warlocks, weirdos, oddities, questers, nerds, and others. Whether you're self-diagnosed or proclaimed so against your will, you have a home here on Batty Fang. I am Bridget the Goblin, your host and leader of the Creature Crew, just for the short time you're here with me. And today is episode two of Batty Fang Podcast, which almost could have been called the Batty Fang Project, because it's something new I'm trying, branching away from the Spellbound Salem Radio, and talking about weird shit kind of beyond the region over there in New England, although I love it, still want to talk about it, and you know what, it still might come up, but... Batty Fang is dedicated to all the other weird shit that I also want to talk about. And that leads me to a topic that was living in the front of my brain, and it was cryptids. Which gave me an instant idea for who could be the first guest. So it's a fellow paranormal investigator, although he's done bigger things than I could ever have imagined uh, with his hobby, Josh Hurd. He is also a film director and has produced a documentary called 1903 about Iowa's very own cryptid, the Van Meter Monster. Amongst many others, you can look him up on YouTube. Just search Josh Hurd. I first met Josh at a paranormal event in Vinton, Iowa, where we were able to do um, some investigating of some historical buildings there with the Historical Society. He also owns Malvern Manor in Malvern, Iowa. It's a small town located in far western Iowa. It is a uh, facility or a site that you can rent out for your own private or public paranormal investigation. So Paragem, uh, my paranormal group, and I went there uh, last year and did a little investigation at Malvern Manor. So I sat down with Josh to talk about cryptids and everything else paranormal. And the conversation went a little something like this. I'm glad that you were able to, to take the time today to talk with me. And I've been wanting to talk about the Iowa cryptid and uh, for a while. Uh, and I got into cryptids myself going to the Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Oh, yeah. And so really started looking into him a little bit more. I've always loved the Dover Demon anyway. Always thought it was Dover, Delaware. Never did I know until I went to the museum that it was Massachusetts. That's super uh, cool. But yeah, and I didn't even know we had the Van Meter Monster until Vinton. And then you mentioned 1903. And I was like, whoa. So, yeah. It is super weird, too. Like, nobody knows. Like, not a lot of people, especially in Iowa, like, not mm -hmm. a lot of people know, like, oh, yeah, there's this really weird story from 1903 that literally shook the entire town. Like, they had <laughs> no idea what was going on. And it was like, people were seeing this monster, and it wasn't, this. these were bankers, these were lawyers, these were mm -hmm. people with a reputation, people with something to lose, yeah. you know, as far as, like, credibility and things like that these guys were not only seeing it, they were taking shots at it, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm like, what is happening? It's absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah. like, nobody knows that it, not at all. It's, it's and I, I, and I am into this shit, like anything to me, it's para to the normal. So paranormal is my yeah. lane. And I, when I found out, I'm like, I feel annoyed that I never knew about that cryptid. Cause I've always like, where's our cryptid? Like, why don't we have a cryptid around here? I have to go to yeah. Missouri or Kentucky um, yeah. but yeah, and I've also seen him referred to as the Van Meter visitor, which doesn't sound so, as good. 
I, okay, thank you for saying that because <laughs> I am in the exact same boat as you because every year they have the Van Meter Visitor Festival. And I'm like, but it's not a visitor. It's a monster. Like it's mm-hmm. a the Van Meter monster. And I guess maybe it's just the alliteration there with the meter and monster. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Like the Van Meter Visitor, it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. And it doesn't sound as creepy and weird and mysterious. <laughs> My so, brain says that's crunchy, like the to go back to the V. We're already yeah, past the V, folks. It's a little crunchy. Yes, I like that. <laughs> it is now officially declared Josh Heard says so. It's the Van There it Monster. is. There it is. I um, like that. We're just put it in the books. <laughs> and I'm going to email this. I have like two cryptid maps pulled up, Monsters in America, and be like, you need to change it. Um, yeah. There's like a lot of different ones. So it's interesting that we get a flying winged creature. So I was like, all right, at least it's not like a boring humanoid because everybody has Bigfoot. So. Exactly. And it was like, I had, I had a buddy and that's all he does is like the Bigfoot stuff. And he loves to go out into the woods and all of that jazz. And they have captured some very interesting things on camera. And so I knew like, I always... Like, I guess for like, God, 10 years or so, like I hadn't been kicking around this idea. I'm like, there's a cryptid case that's right over there. And usually I'm just like, oh, the ghost guy. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I'm like, I want to check this out, which means I'm going to have to do a camping trip with my buddies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. But I wanted him to be a part of it. Uh, He had just moved to New York. And so I was like, gosh, dang it. So like. We had to get like plane tickets and all that fun crap. It wasn't just like, oh, he's a phone call away anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like yeah. oh, a lot that went into it. But yeah, like even getting access to to the land itself mm-hmm. proved to be kind of hard just because the family that owns the property, mm-hmm. um, they didn't necessarily care for the story um, oh. or really care for the fact that it was strange and mysterious and paranormal if you will and all of that and they just didn't really pay it much mind or anything like that but so i mean it literally took like the the people that like some of the higher ups in the town and even the police going out there and and speaking on my behalf mm-hmm. it's like okay listen like yeah he's a little crazy but he's not caca duty crap crazy <laughs> right like he's a little crazy but he's just crazy enough to, crazy to enough to want to camp here yeah and it's like, and we weren't going to be like, I mean, we were on the property, sure. But it's like, we weren't going to be disturbing anything. You know what I mean? Like, we, I really wanted to make that clear. It's like, we're not going to wreck anything. I promise you. Yeah. Um, You know, it wasn't like when, I don't remember the name of the show that went out there. There was a show that went out and they actually premiered. Oh, this was so upsetting. Um, they premiered that episode one week before we premiered the film. Oh, no. But I was like, I knew what they were doing and they knew what I was doing because like the drone footage, if you watch that episode, it's a Josh Gates show, but Josh Gates isn't on the show. Oh, like Josh Gates is on the show, but okay. he's like, here's my team of experts. Go get the monsters. <laughs> so it's like Josh Gates at a studio and he's like, okay, go get them. And, um, so it was it was weird because like when they were out there, I know like they had backhoes and all sorts of stuff that way oh, they were God. digging into all of this stuff. And I'm like, it, it's not going to be anything like that, you know, like nothing like that at all. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just didn't want to. I don't know. I don't want to step on toes at the same time, you know. 
Yeah. Like you're nice enough letting <laughs> us out here. <laughs> I don't right. want to. But why wanna... at the same time? <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, like even if you watch that episode or whatever, like the drone footage that they use on that mm-hmm. episode, that's my footage. That's my footage. Like they asked and I was nice enough to say, yeah, go ahead and use my drone footage <laughs> from that. <laughs> Very tight-lipped, but sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you rewind quite a bit, like beyond, before all of the, you know, the films and everything came about, what what first like sparked your interest or what was it that got you like at least considering this avenue for study? You know, like I've always been... I was always the weird kid anyway, who would like, I was reading like those spooky stories to tell in the dark, those books, uh, when all of my friends were reading like, you know, stupid Berenstain bears and things like that or whatever. (laughs) It's like, I have no time for that. And, um, so I've always been interested in like the weird stuff, but it wasn't, it, it was honestly like, I was like 12 years old. Um, and I had lost an uncle and my uncle, he was only 31 years old when he passed away. So he's quite young. Uh, this was kind of a shock uh, to the to the family or whatever. Uh, you know, he he passed away of AIDS. And so it's like we knew it was coming, but we just, you know, you never quite are ready, I suppose. And then me being like 12 years old or whatever I was, I, I was just now old enough to understand like the finality of death. It's like he's not coming back, you know? And then it was specifically... Things that were happening around his death, uh, like two days after his death and the day after we buried him and all of this stuff, it was like there was weird things that were happening to not only just me personally, but like the entire family and all of us collectively. Like it was really it was really cool. Um, Of course, we're all bawling and all that stuff because it's like (laughs) this isn't a coincidence, you know, like all of this stuff that's happening. It was so interesting. Um. But that was really for me what got me asking then the bigger questions like, okay, something bigger than us is at play here and we're not quite privy to it. Um, But man, like I hit the ground running at that point because I was like, holy crap, like there is something else happening. And then I started diving into weird like parapsychological studies from the 50s and 60s the works of like Hans Holzer, um, even and Lorraine Warren's case files and things like that. Like anything that I could get my hands on, I was all over it. Um, and then honestly, it wasn't until college um, that I found uh, like-minded individuals, you know, living and growing up in like small town, Iowa, the chances of finding somebody else that's into this crap mm-hmm. uh, is, is slim to none. Um but yeah, college was really when it happened and I found like my my tribe, you know what I mean? My people. And uh I God, I haven't stopped since. So yeah, that was that was it for me. That was the moment for me. Yeah, I think sometimes those those things like that do align and it is hard. Yeah, small towns and on the the last episode I talked a lot about knowing your audience, you know, you can't expect to tell these stories to people and have everybody be like, Oh yeah, it's so true. You know, people will treat you, you know, a certain kind of way. Definitely. And I mean, you know, it's it's fun to me just because like now, like the paranormal has been something that has been put into the mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. It's now become that thing we can absolutely talk about around the water cooler at work, right? It's it's that thing. And 
30 years ago, 40 years ago, I'd probably be committed for half the crap that comes out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Like here comes the straight jackets, but, uh, it's, so it's, it's gaining ground and it's, it's getting there, you know, Mm. it's just very, I don't know. It's, it's almost like now, like we have all these shows and we have all these things that have come out and now it's also like, it's, it's not that we're stagnant necessarily, but no bigger discoveries have been made. We've captured some amazing stuff on film, but mm. it's like, this isn't going to work unless a ghost walks up to us and shakes our freaking hands. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, would sit down and have an actual conversation. It's like, why can't we do that? It's like, well, maybe one day we can, I don't know, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we see. Yeah, yeah exactly. I I mean, ideally, I think that's why a lot of people do it. Um, there's some people who have other reasons, but I, I at least I know for a lot of the folks that I've investigated with, it's always that we want to have this irrefutable proof that you can't you can't debunk this. Like, right. you know, you heard what you heard, and this is kind of how this shook out. And and so, uh, yeah, that's definitely like a big piece of it is just wanting that proof that nobody that nobody can turn down and. Um, yeah, it would be interesting just to see. I mean, as a kid growing up in a house that was haunted and had a lot of paranormal activity um, that still is to this day, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was like something that like if you if I said it to my family, they would accept it. Yeah. But I couldn't go tell everybody. Right. And then right. I've moved so much. I've started over several times and I never oh, really sure. had my tribe until moving back here yeah. uh, to Eastern Iowa and kind of really just being like, you know what? I'm old now. Either people are going to like it or they're not, you know? Yeah. So and that's the fun part, right? It's like, we all do. That's just it. It's like people, some people like horseback riding. That's cool. Not for me, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> some people like scuba diving. That's cool. Not for me, but whatever. Do your thing, right? Like everybody just, I don't know, just do your thing. And yeah. who gives a crap what anybody says? Yeah. Yeah. Now it feels though that um, sometimes my thing is also everybody else's thing. <laughs> and so sometimes I also, uh, I like going to places that are exclusive. So we investigate places, obviously we've been to Malvern Manor, uh, yeah. my team has Paragem. And so, you know, we love going to places like that, especially because you don't find, you know, people that care enough to go and, and open up for that reason. A lot of times yeah. you're trying to persuade like, uh, Airbnb owner or a, you know, bread, bed and breakfast. I mean, like those owners like, Hey, uh, but why are you all staying here? Oh, well, we would like to do a paranormal investigation. And then they're yeah. like, no, I'm not into it. <sighs> and so I'm like, all right, Sally, that's fine. But right. um, we really want right. to, we really want to come over still. We'll pay for rooms. And clearly you're not booked this weekend. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. They're really, we get turned down a lot, but that's, that's the places that, that mm-hmm. I want to get into. There was a really cool place is on the Eastern side of Iowa. It was a bed and breakfast in a very small town of a population of, I'm not even lying when I say like 12, Mason House Inn, that's what it's called. This place is so cool and notably haunted. And so like when I went, I took my wife, um, who's a very good sport. <laughs> um, so, um, but I, I took my wife, like I remember booking it on like a Tuesday and Wednesday when I knew nobody was going to be there and they just gave us free reign of the whole place. And so we were able to just go and do our thing and we could investigate basically however long we wanted. It was awesome. <laughs> so we had a great time. But yeah, that was one of the cooler places. There was another place in like St. Louis, I think, that I went to that was like a bit, uh, 
a known haunted bed and breakfast, but the place mm. was also pretty full. Okay. And so it's like we really couldn't do much. But, uh, you know, you always ask for the most haunted room that they have. You know? Oh, for sure. We somehow got linked up with um, this guy and his husband moved. They came to buy a jukebox in Makokata, Iowa. Oh, yeah. And ended up instead buying a whole hotel and, air and a bed and breakfast. Whoa. And notably haunted, of course. And so we ended up spending a lot of time there. And then he was telling his friends from California, you know, it's really cheap to live in Iowa. So they were like, oh, okay. So then they started buying houses. And then he was like, yes. want to come check out this house? And we were like, yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> and so we just started getting into like all these amazing houses and just there's nothing like going into a building like when they're investigated they're ready right they're on point oh you know rebecca over at malvern manor whoever it is they're on point and they're ready they're like these people are here to communicate with me yeah i'm either gonna take i'm on vacation today or or i'm gonna give them a good ghost show and so yes you kind of get that one or the other kind of ways but at these places you never know what you're walking into it's there that's the best that is the best too. Yeah, you have no idea what's about to happen. So yeah, that's oh. the fun stuff for me too. So when did you acquire Malvern Manor? Oh my gosh. Um I think 9 years ago now, which is very odd to say, but we were filming uh, my very first documentary film called A Brush with Evil. And so we were doing that and I wanted to open the film with a with a ghost hunt. Basically like a very broad stroke this is who we are. This is how we investigate. And then you get into like the meat and potatoes of everything. Right. And there's a place in Malvern, Iowa, uh, that is, they have their own slew of paranormal happenings, but they're called the classic cafe. And the classic cafe was nice enough to be like, you know what? We got some weird crap going on. Bring your cameras, bring your crew. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks. So we go over there and there's a bar that's attached to the classic cafe. And so with like noise contamination and all that stuff, we could not like properly investigate. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big proponent of like, just like not faking anything. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, just present it like how it happens. Mm -hmm. um, so I went outside because night one of filming is screwed in my opinion. Like there's no way we can do anything. And so I'm outside and I'm smoking a cigarette uh, because I was super pissed. But there was this dude that's outside and he was like, what's with all the cameras? And I'm like, oh, God, like <laughs> this guy's going to think that I'm a nut bar or he's going to think this is really cool. And there's really no in between. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so I told him what we were doing and he was like, you know, that's kind of cool. He goes, I don't believe in this stuff. However, he goes, I got this place. And he goes, I've had it for a few years, um, but blah, blah, blah. It used to be a hotel, and then it was a nursing home. Then it was more of a group home for mentally handicapped people. Places like 10,000 square feet. Again, I don't believe in this stuff. Mm -hmm. However, there's weird things that happen that I can't explain. I'm like, where is this place? Because at this point, it sounds way too good to be true. Right. He goes, oh, it's just right there across the street. And I'm like, pretty sure we just became best friends, right? So <laughs> like, that's awesome. Um, but he was kind enough to then let us in that night. And I'm, we experienced more in the first two hours of being here than we did in the last two years of just investigating. I was like, you don't even know where to look or where to point a camera. Um, it was amazing. And I was blown away. And then looking into the history more and more of this place, I, I fell in love with this building and I, he ended up moving, um, 
was selling everything. Uh, and I was like, dude, just pump the brakes. Give me three weeks. Let's figure some crap yeah. out. And so we were able to keep the building doing what it's doing, you know, mm-hmm. because like, by God, like at that time, like the time that he said he was about to move, like I was already talking to like Nick Groff. He was already like uh paranormal lockdown was on their way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're coming. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, crap. Like where I'm looking at all of this and it's like, your dreams are about to crash and burn, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this building is about to officially be on the map and it's, you know, so it's like, you have to keep the building doing what it's doing. And luckily we were able to do that. So. Yeah. So before that, what was, so what exactly was the use of the building? Was it, were they living there or was it a business? No, before we did anything with it, it was just sitting vacant. Now, um, the gentleman that owned the place, he had a lot of ideas and a lot of plans that he wanted to try and implement to the building, but nothing ever came to fruition. Like he wanted it to be um, kind of like an Airbnb or like a hotel, like it used to be. But the amount of repairs and everything that would go into something like that to make it functional like that is is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's just like, nobody wants to do that. And I was like, you know, this business model, this little plan that we have, it's like, you keep the building as it is and don't touch a damn thing. Like, it, mm-hmm. leave it in a state of what I call suspended decay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it's you're you're keeping the building as structurally sound as possible without touching the guts at all. Yeah. Leave it how you found it. Um, which also, you know, from the investigative side of everything, I feel adds a little bit more to the integrity of the place as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you just, I don't know, like, we're not going to do a dang thing to it. We're just going to leave it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool though. Yeah. As we were uh, investigating there, it was really easy to imagine, like set your brain in the time frame for when yeah. people were there residentially. Cause was it a nursing home, right? Like a, yeah. not a nursing so- home, but a so right out of the gate, it, it was the hotel, right? And this way, I mean, this was the fourth structure that was built in town. Mm-hmm. And so it, initially it's a hotel, mainly servicing the railroad. It runs as a hotel all the way up until the 1950s. Um, at that time, it becomes more or less like what I just called the nursing home. That's when they put on the the back part of this place, which is like the nursing home wing and all of that stuff. Um, and then, I mean, gosh, in the 70s is when it became more of that group home mm-hmm. uh, type setting for for what they considered to be a mental handicap. Um, what they considered a mental, mental handicap is far different than what we do today, obviously. Um, but I mean, literally everything from people with Down syndrome to people that had murdered others. Um, like very interesting, eclectic group of people um, coexisting together for sure. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but oh, yeah, gosh, interesting. Imagine place. it though. Yeah, with the room set up the way, like they look very residential, and yeah. there's the the area that with the paneling, the wood paneling, the front oh room there. Yeah, that would have been like a maybe a game room or a common, like a living room, but you know for the residents. And so yeah. very much it feels because you've left that intact that it it feels like what those rooms were and i think that also plays to the activity sometimes i think so too yeah i was like i think that we would be able to elicit more of a response if you don't give this room a paint job 
if you don't change the carpeting, if you don't do a damn thing, just leave it. Like literally don't touch a thing. It's yeah. like, don't even, not even temperature control, nothing, nothing. It's like we have forced air in one little section, which you would know, like the, the kitchen, the sitting room, the, mm-hmm. the restroom, that area, um, Everything else is up to mother nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were there in January. So yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) So it's like, yep, it's going to get a little chilly. So yeah. Yeah. Just as it is now. I'm still, I'm in in my coat right now. (laughs) Are you at the manor or are you at home? I am. Yeah. I'm in my uh, my studio that's right here at, at the manor. So yeah. So I follow you on YouTube. So I subscribe to your channel on there and I just caught the video uh, with your experience there that happened with about four months ago, was it po- you posted the video? Um, I'm not going to give it away too much, but do you want to talk about that a little bit and kind of I'm what trying happened to remember. It was the, like the scare, I think it was called like the scariest thing that ever happened there. And um, you were uh, thinking oh. it was Rebecca doing it. Yes. That sucked. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was investigating doing my thing. Right. And not a lot to be fair, like not a lot was happening, but again, like I also want to present things the way they happen. I don't want to, to fabricate anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So like what you see is what you get and hopefully we catch it and or, or hear it or something. And I remember going through these rooms. I had heard something back in the hallway I was going through and I was going through like every room and I'm like, there's nothing that I know of that could be making this sound so I'm like, okay, screw it. Like whatever it is, the activity is done. It's passed. It's over with. And I remember leaving and I think I said something like, okay, well, I'm going to leave. Sorry if I bothered you or anything like that. And as I'm walking out of that nursing home wing, <laughs> you hear like this blood curdling scream. And it was almost like a ow or out or, or something like there was that ow type of phoneme in there yeah. that is almost like saying ow or something i don't know um but it happened twice the first time it caught me off guard and it spun me around like i was like okay what was that and then you hear it again and i'm like oh, okay like i was so damn scared in that moment that the only reason i went toward the source is because i had a camera in my hand that was running mm-hmm. and you don't want to seem like a giant pussy in front of everybody. <laughs> right. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Um, I'm like, yeah, if I take off, if I bolt, people are going to, they're going to laugh at me. <laughs> you know, like that can't happen. So I'm like, Oh my God. Um, but I, I remember going back there and even saying the words, I don't want to do this. Um, but I also remember trying my absolute best to show like I was backing into rooms mm-hmm. with the camera still pointing towards like the um the hallway area but backing into the rooms to show an empty room and still yet an empty hallway like nobody's in here doing yeah. this what I'm saying it's like this isn't something that was coming from outside which initially I thought could be the case but then listening over and over again to that footage I'm like, there's reverberation behind it, which is also interesting, but it's like there's reverb. Like it's Mm -hmm. coming from inside of one of these rooms. And I could only assume that it was coming from 
what we call Rebecca's room. And the story with Rebecca, it's certainly one of the more sad stories for sure that we have. But we know like she was only in her mid 30s. Uh, she was dropped off by her husband, which apparently was something you could just do back in the day. Uh, but obviously she thought my husband doesn't love me. He doesn't uh, find me attractive any longer. But that became like the obsession for her. And like to the point where she developed a lot of um, obsessive types of behaviors, one of which would be like standing in front of the mirror and, and plucking the hair out of her head one by one by one, which the medical term for that's like trichotillomania or something similar. Um, I always butcher it, but um, still, um, we know she was medicated. She didn't respond well to the meds. She stopped eating. She stopped drinking. I mean, she literally is a person that is wasting away uh, to nothing. Um, it's just it's it's a fascinating, heartbreaking story. What fascinates me the most is the fact that female investigators have the most luck in the room. Uh, even the introduction of a male into the room can flatline the activity. But every time that I go into that room, I'm usually knocking on the door. I'm asking for permission or saying, Hey, I just need to do this. I'll be out of your hair real quick. Like, you know, things like that, that my, my buddy, Dave, after I had posted that video, I remember my friend Dave had called me the next day and he was like, dude, I figured it out. And I was like, what? And he's like, you didn't knock on our door. When you were looking around for that initial noise that you were hearing, mm -hmm. you just went in. Yeah. He goes, you didn't knock on her door. You didn't ask for permission or anything like that. He's like, maybe you, maybe you pissed her off. I was like, oh my God. And so that became my thing. I was like, oh my God. So then I was like apologetic for like two weeks straight. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I was a butthead. I didn't mean to make you mad or anything like that. But yeah, like that, that fascinated me. Like, Capturing something like that is not something that's normal. Like that's not something that we normally get. Usually it's, oh, the taps and the bangs and the footsteps yeah. and things like that, but nothing like an audible scream, which I can't even describe to you. Like it doesn't sit well. Like when you hear it, there's something yeah. wrong. Like it, it turns your stomach almost, mm -hmm. you know, it's it like, okay. That kind of a, mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's in distress, something's wrong, like I'm not supposed to hear this type of thing. Like like I don't know how to describe it, but it was it, it turned my stomach. I do know yeah. that. It was and you almost it on like, camera. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and that was the best part of it because then you're like, "Oh god, I hope the audio picked that up." Mm -hmm. Uh because all I do is I just wear a little lav mic. Like that's it. So it's like, "Okay, well, you hope for the best and expect the absolute <laughs> worst, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it, it definitely was. And I um, remember us trying to interact with her. I can't remember specifically. It was two years ago, I think, when we were out there. And so I don't remember specifically any um, of the like very interactions. I'm sure we have them in our log. And mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so you run out your place so people can rent it and come out and investigate. Yeah, the facility. Definitely. So yeah, it's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's fun. Like you meet a lot of cool people. You know what I mean? Um, you meet some interesting char characters as well. That's for sure. But yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It I've been in this hobby for officially for five years and uh, yep. yeah, interesting characters is a great way. I think that's usually how yeah. I choose to say it as well. And <laughs> and you do all, it takes all kinds for everything, but especially in paranormal investigation, um, 
But you have an object at Malvern Manor that actually yeah. creeps me out more than I think any of the rooms did, other than, you know, the psyche from sitting there in the dark, right? But yeah. the doll in your the, office. The one in the office. Yeah. Yes. So What's, I'm not a fan of dolls at all. Like, in fact, I <laughs> loathe dolls. And this particular doll was something that fascinated me, uh, terrified me, but fascinated me nonetheless, because it would move. And it wasn't just turning its head or moving an arm or a leg or anything like that. No, it was moving rooms. It's gone. It's out of the place. Like it's 40 feet away from where you left it. And it's like, when you know you're the only dude with the keys to the joint, it, it's impossible. That is, that is 1000% impossible. So I remember doing specific tests with her and uh, I call her, her like it's the freaking person. Anyway, <laughs> With the damn doll. <laughs> so, I'm doing tests and all of this stuff with the doll. And in this studio that I'm at right now, like there are these, these shelving units that I have over here that go 10 feet high. And I remember putting her in a Tupperware container all the way on top of the 10 foot high shelf. And I remember the very next day, because not only did I lock the doors or whatever, um, I also closed the door to the studio. I did not lock the door, but I mean, the door was closed regardless. That freak. Now, in all fairness, I will also say the door does not have a latch. So the door will just open and close freely or whatever. But mm. I do know that I came in the next day. Little Hooker was gone. And I mean, <laughs> gone. So I was like, what? Like, where is she? Right. And so now I'm super creeped out because I'm on the hunt for Chucky, in my <laughs> opinion. Right. Um, because the doors open, the thing is pushed off the shelf. Like it was, it wasn't all the way on the ground. It had pushed itself off just enough where the corner was kind of poking off. And like she had jumped out of the damn thing. I'm like, it's a 10 foot drop and she's made of porcelain. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But she's all the way down by what we call Gracie's room, which is about 40 feet from door to door. How does that happen? It doesn't happen. Like it mm -hmm. cannot happen and so it's driving me nuts but anyway so i'm like i'm gonna try a series of experiments here and i'm not gonna tell a damn soul what i'm doing right mm -hmm. i'm gonna take her i'm gonna put her upstairs in inez's room right that's where i'm gonna put her and she's just gonna be on the shelf because there's tons of dolls in there anyway she's gonna fit right in so one night there was a group that was here and they were live on facebook thank god um but they were also apparently answering uh, just general questions people were asking or whatever. And they were saying something like, oh, you know, it's been a pretty quiet night. Not a lot's happened. But right then, this freaking doll, Chucky jumps off of the table that she was on. She lands on her feet, but her feet shatter because, again, she's made of porcelain. So her feet shatter on that hard floor. And... I mean, it took like three hours to put little Humpty Dumpty back together again. But still, it was interesting um, because they they had captured it. Nobody was around the table. like, And then I was like, okay, something moved her. She was jostled in some way. I don't know. So I start doing fall tests with this little hooker. And I, um, every single time that she would fall from the same height, mind you, the same height, everything. Mm -hmm. Um if I would bump the table or if I would jump really hard or whatever and cause her to fall or tip, the head was always taking over gravity. The head was always the one right. falling first, 
never the feet. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And so I was completely beside myself. Um, we ended up reaching out to the Vatican uh, because we're like, we, we don't know. We don't know. Something is weird about this doll specifically, and we don't know what it is. They're like, no worries. We deal with this all the time. Oh, what? What? What do you mean you deal with this all the time? For God's sake, like I'm never trusting a doll again in my life. And so I'm like, they were kind enough. They sent us a a really cool rosary and they sent us a, a vial of holy water. And then this little certificate that said it was blessed by the Pope himself. I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. They're like, you don't even have to put the holy water on her. Just keep the vial next to the case. And drape that rosary over the top of it. You'll never have another problem. I'm like, that's amazing. Now, she will still move in the case. Mm -hmm. um, and she'll put herself in very, like, unladylike positions and things like that. Um, she's a little trollop, I'm telling you. But, um, <laughs> like, it is terrible. But I, I don't know. Like, I have yet to have, like, an issue with her since. I will say that. But yeah, like mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of like inanimate objects that move that should not happen. That doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I was <laughs> I was beside myself with all of that crap. And she was in there in the collection, right? Like, in yeah, the she's up on top of the on the top of the shelf in there. Yeah. Where she will remain <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of my days anyway. Forever. I, I swear to God. <laughs> If you I decide always to rehomer, we have a place here I'm in Rock you, Island. <laughs> I'm telling you, I always said I was, and I always say it kind of in jest or whatever. But I was like, you know, if the top of that case ever pops off, I'm like, I'm just going to set the whole building on fire. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know what to do. Because um, yeah, I talk a lot of crap when it comes to her. Like I really do. So yeah, she probably She's doesn't a... think too highly of me, but whatever. That's why she fucks with you, I think. Probably. <laughs> Like probably, honestly, but oh she's my like, why not? God. Well, that's how um, Museum of Shadows in Omaha got started was a doll. Yeah. And now they know? have tons of dolls. Um, creepy. Yeah. I have yet to actually go in there. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to go when they were at their other location, which was in Plattsmouth, Nebraska, but I never got an opportunity. And then I still have yet to have an opportunity to go to the one in downtown Omaha yet. So yeah, if I went I'm last excited. year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool place. A lot of haunted objects, like especially well, started with dolls, so they have them all there. Yeah. They have like holy water, like you can pump it out and like cleanse. Oh, that's cool. Flick it on yourself when you're walking. Oh yes, yeah. So I like I that know. added touch. It's just got a big cross on like a old Purell jug, but that's um, amazing. Yeah, and so I I when I I had already been out to Zach Baggins uh, haunted. Uh, mansion oh, did in, you in Vegas? Yeah. yeah, and they tell you there's no jump scares, but I will tell everybody until the day I die, there's jump scares. There's a big jump scare, uh -huh. and I thought I was going to be in fight mode and protect the group, but really it was just a jump scare. I thought the wall was falling. Um, oh, wow, yeah, suckers got me, and I grabbed uh. a child like I was going to protect this teenage boy from this wall falling, <laughs> and then everybody else I you know jumped in front of, but oh, um, I, I thought that's cool, but. Zach Baggins got a budget. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to be on a um. Oh, he got a budget. budget. <laughs> yeah, he's got a budget for sure. Like Ooh. you know, the last time my wife and I were in Vegas, I wanted to go. Um, I wanted to get tickets and go and all that fun stuff. But yeah, um, we never ended up going. In fact, but I mean, still, 
I wanted to give it a shot. Yeah, there's a blessing and a curse side to it. So the upside is all of the cool things that you get to see. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's exactly and why I would go. Historical yeah. reference alone, like that yes. right there, the significance of that stuff. Yeah. Like you have Jack Kevorkian's van for fuck's sake. Like that's amazing. Right. right. You have the oh, chair. yeah. I went in it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, I didn't you, step, but I just like stuck my body in there to look but around. Yeah. But like yeah. you have the 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 chair that Michael Jackson would get uh, his injections and yep. stuff like that on. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, amazing yeah. stuff. Like this is part yeah. of weird Americana. Don't get me wrong, but this is still a piece of of our history. And you're being able to touch it and see it and smell it and all of that yeah. stuff. And it's like, god dang, so cool. So our studies, cool. right? Being a paranormal investigator, uh, we're studying um, history. Well, at least my group, we do, we're big into researching things. Um, yeah. Preferably after sometimes because we don't want anything to be spoiled. That makes uh, sense. Or we don't want to be looking for shit. Like we want to yeah. have something happen and then be able to tie it into either someone else's record or a historical record. Um, but you learn that it's all about energy. So, yeah. you know, and, and the people on the other side, they are communicating because they are able to amass enough energy to do so. And yep. so you, you feel that there's energy attached to all these things, right? That definitely has in the museum. So it's supercharged, but there's also a lot of people and a lot of emotions, but the backside of it is if there's a emote or there's an object that you were um, attracted to, it's a guided tour. So you don't get to just stand there and marinate on it. You I see. Keep it moving because yeah, I got to keep it going. Timed and it's yeah, yeah, very, very. Methodical. I would probably be able to spend days inside of that place. Days. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's um. Cool. Yeah, and after seeing the Museum of Shadows mm -hmm. in Omaha, I was like, this is something like that you could duplicate. There's never going to be one place that can hold all this stuff. And there may be right. different reasons why people want to give their things to different people. So yeah, we're starting up a collection here in the quad cities for that. So that's like, cool. We're just calling it room seven right now. Cause it's at yeah. the haunted rock Island YMCA. And so it's room seven. I think that's freaking awesome though. Yeah. So we're, we're starting off small. I go to estate sales a lot. Um, yeah. And every once in a while, an object will um, catch my attention that seems supercharged. So I acquire a few little things. And this little Indian in the cupboard guy that I had growing up, I found an exact duplicate um, that would move. So similar oh, that's to, cool. to your your uh, doll over there. So wow. that's what I'm saying. If she needs a home ever, before you burn down the manor, right. chuck her out in the yard and tell me to come pick her up. <laughs> I mean, she might run this away. This is where I left the little bitch. Yeah, this is where I left her. You come down and grab her, please. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's an area of study, but we got to a point where... I mean, aliens scare the fuck out of me. But me I was too. trying to think of what we can do beyond ghosts because aliens like could actually be the realest thing of them all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's just it. It's like, it is so, like, uh, I don't know. Like people that still don't believe in even the, the possibility mm -hmm. just infuriate me. I'm like, it's a mathematical impossibility that something else isn't out there. Yeah. Like we are not some cosmic mistake. You know what I'm saying? We're nature. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. We're freaking mm -hmm. nature. Now, more than likely, we had some kind of a architect, if you will, call that God, call that mm -hmm. just a higher power, whatever. Like something is at play here. Shit's right. too perfect. You know what I mean? Like right. things are way too perfect. But is it any, I mean, it's really no coincidence in my opinion, just my personal opinion that we grow and develop at the exact same rate as trees, which is also the exact same rate 
that a hurricane spirals outward, which is also the exact same rate as how the wind blows, which is also the exact same rate as which this works and that works. Like everything is at the exact, like the exact same equation. If you basically do like a one to 1.6 type of a ratio, that Mm -hmm. is it. It's That's crazy. It. It'll blow your mind. Look into, look yeah, into exactly. Look into the golden ratio. Look into the golden spiral. Look into that. Mm-hmm. Look into the Fibonacci sequence of numbers. And that right there is quite literally, quite literally, in my opinion, the the equation for God. That's it. Yeah. Right there. So it's like there is a higher power for sure. Something is working for sure. But We'll never be privy to that shit, but I mean, it is Not until we die and then we're <laughs> right. So I did a, I did, I did a or... film. I did a film called intelligent design. That is quite literally all about that. Mm-hmm. And it is mind bending crap that I even give you examples of how to test this on your own damn body because it's, it's all right there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's so weird, but it's something else. Like again, something it's just, it's too perfect. There's a lot of things. Yeah. If people, I think sometimes though, um, when I find people who, whether it's aliens or the way that nature works with the humans and the other creatures, um, the way just things work together, I feel that they don't, they just don't want to challenge their brain to kind of go to that space. It's easier to be analytical. It's easier to say, I'm not going to believe in it unless it's this, this, and this. And that's why we were trying to expand from just ghosts because i say paranormal to me it's anything paranormal so it's let's look into other stuff and and aliens is the only one like i'm not ready to touch because like i'm not trying to go to mars like Like, that's the stuff right there that absolutely terrifies me beyond fuel oh my oh my (laughs) like that right there is what it is um because it's like they're Again, it's mathematically impossible that something else isn't out there. Now, whether that be microbial life or something like that, it's life nonetheless. Uh, It's exactly how we started if you really want to get down to it. But it's like there are certain things out there. For God's sake, like we had our own members of government, like top military brass going before Congress on live television, mind you, saying these are not of this world. Whatever these are that we're witnessing right now, that is not from here at all. But they waited. They've known oh. this since before Roswell. Correct. So they had to wait. Let's Correct. you gotta desensitize people with the pandemic. You gotta desensitize people by Let's having see. another war in the middle. You gotta and that's what pissed me off more than anything <laughs> is the yeah. fact that all of this happened mm-hmm. during the pandemic when we're all stuck at home anyway, and we said nothing about this. The general public said nothing about this. All we cared about was Carol fucking Baskin (laughs) killing her fucking husband on Tiger King. That's all we cared about, I promise. And I was so upset. I was like, oh my God, how are we not talking about this? It blows my mind. I think it's that desensitization that we were saying kind of the part that I'll probably cut before we started uh, really jumping into the conversation. But I think it comes from that social media and all the stuff that you see and you just become numb to it. And you yeah. have seen so many sightings and so many people sharing videos. So when the government shares it, you're like, duh. And it, so the gravity is not hitting you of what the fuck they just said. Right. Aliens right. exist. UAPs exactly. are real. Like duh. this is a thing. They're not from here. We are verifying 100% this didn't come from this planet. And, and that people, is nothing. So crazy and nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's radio uh, silence. Are you kidding me? 
It's like this was the biggest freaking thing, <laughs> the biggest revelation that we have known in God knows how long. At least and 2,023 and, years. And we say nothing no, about Not that. a damn thing. It, I just, I don't, yeah, I can't understand that. So when we were trying to roll with that, I said, I don't want to look into aliens, but one of the things I want to look into, and this was after Vinton, yeah. um, when you had uh, first introduced me to the idea of the Van Meter monster and said about the, the documentary, yeah. um, I was like, I want to look for cryptids. Well, we only yeah. have one. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the, the lowly Van Meter monster yes uh, <laughs> not the van meter visitor but you may see it as such those are people who have been led astray from the phonetics of how that should really work uh, i think so too <laughs> um so i want to know kind of is it it was it that kind of seeking more than ghosts and kind of seeking beyond that is that what led you initially to be interested in even looking into it yeah like i remember listening like a buddy of mine had taken me to this uh this author uh his talk and it was in a in town or whatever and so we just went to the library and listened to this guy and he was talking about van meter i'm like well shit i'm like that's fairly close like i've driven by that numerous times on my way to des moines right and he was telling me about i'm like how have i never heard about this and it was actually chad lewis who was the guy that wrote the damn book on the van meter monster (laughs) you know i'm like this is really cool and um talking more with uh locals talking more with chad like all of this stuff i'm like this is really freaking cool and i want to explore this more and that's why i was like going out into the middle of nowhere with my buddies but trying to bring with us some some tech you know what i mean Mm -hmm. some audio stuff and just like let's get every freaking camera we possibly own and can muster and let's try. Let's get infrared stuff out there. Let's um I have a thermal detector, you know, and all of that jazz that we were trying as well and like god, like we're trying all of this stuff. There was this one point that we were out there investigating this and I remember specifically walking down this very small road that's just kind of an offshoot that kind of leads you closer to the mine itself or where the mine used to be. Um, because like walking down this road, um, you started to feel funny and it was almost like a vibration that you're feeling. And you're like, well, this is weird. Like, am I just freaking myself out or what's going on? But no, like you're, you're feeling it, but you're also hearing it audibly. And luckily we were also able to then like, the damn cameras were picking this up, which was amazing. Like this is something that is tangible now. Um, It's not just a cool yard to spin or whatever. It's now something that can be documented, maybe even one day studied if we're allowed back um, out there. Um, I don't know, but there was something I remember specifically, like my buddy, Johnny Hauser from the Velisca Axe murder house. That was the only time I ever heard Johnny say the words, I want to go home. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm your ride. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're screwed, dude. Like you're here. We're in this now. (laughs) But everybody that went down that road felt the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and felt like this weird sense of call it dread or, or whatever. It was almost like eyes are on you, you know, and it's like every eye is on you at all times. And it's like, you don't even want to breathe. Like it was, it was so bizarre, but yeah, such a cool freaking story, you know, with the whole like Van Meter monster and all of that. But yeah, you can, you can hear the hum in. Yes. Yes. And it's like, and you can hear it coming through 
the damn cameras. It was like, okay, like, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what is that frequency? What is going on here? It's like, I, I have no idea. I just know what we captured and how we captured it. And I remember my buddy Seth, who was out there, he could barely speak. It got to a point where he got so far down that road that he was just like, bleh, 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 like literally tripping over his own words. Oh, wow. He's like, I can't even word. It's like, you can't even word what? Like, you can't what? <laughs> but he couldn't speak. It was like, what would happen if you went 10 more feet? Mm-hmm. What would happen if you went 20 more feet? Like, not that I would ask anybody to do that, but seriously, what would happen? Like, could you even walk at that point then? Right. Like, would we just wet ourselves and forget who we are for a half hour? Like, what would happen to us, you know, like physically? So you were on top of the mine. Did you um, did tell people did, how did how close did you get to the mine entrance? So the mine entrance itself, which is not even really around anymore, it's there, but it's not. Like, you can tell where everything happened um where this monster like the see and that's the cool thing about this story right is all this is happening over the course of a week and on the last night everybody had heard this story and so everybody in town is now looking for this damn thing mm-hmm. and so everybody in town has their guns and everybody in town now sees the monster and now everybody in town starts taking shots at the monster yeah. and the monster turns and flies off and they chase it outside of town into that coal mine where it wiggles its little ass down into this coal mine. And then in true 1903 fashion, where we shoot first and ask questions later, which is oddly enough, the exact same as 2023, but still <laughs> like regardless, they blow up the mine. Mm-hmm. Whatever was down in that mine is still flipping down there. Oh, yeah. Like that's what people don't understand. Probably a pile of bones. I'll give you that. Sure. But it's down there. Mm-hmm. There were still horses down there. Oh. Like there were live horses down there. All the implements and everything that they were using to, mm-hmm. to conduct this coal mining operation. It's all still down there. Tools, horses, carts, like maybe peoples. <laughs> they didn't even give a crap. They blew it up. Done. Gone. And Ugh. I'm like, what the frick? So you can tell where that had happened. Mm-hmm. You can tell where that took place and we're right there on it and specifically putting our um audio equipment on the mine itself to then take ourselves out of the equation and now just observe listen to see if we can hear anything weird going on that's in there which i don't even know what the hell that was that we captured but it was this weird Again, weird um, frequency thing. It almost sounded like chanting at some points. I'm like, what the frick is happening right now? I was like, well, it's not a cow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Um, there's just a lot of unanswered questions. And I want it. Like, if I'm being deadly honest with you, like, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. And I want to take the same group of guys this time. Um. I'll put pro- I'll probably if we were allowed to go back, I would probably put another little spin on things mm-hmm. um, and we wouldn't be as comfortable as we were. We all had our own vehicles. We all had our own tents. We all had this and that. It's like, I don't want that anymore. Like, I want yeah. us to be vulnerable as possible and scared as hell. And it's like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, like hopefully nobody involved in the film sees this, but what I want to (laughs) do 
is like I want to drive everybody out there on a bus drop you off and drop them off and like toodles we'll see in 36 hours you know what I mean it's like bye-bye type of thing and just off you go um I don't know I don't know we'll see what actually happens though did you take a seismic detector out there anything for to no measure that or eddy okay. sadly no i so that was also before i had the the eddy machine mm-hmm. i would love to feel that to see that to just to see what was going on because yeah. those edis are pretty amazing just because of the fact that you can put in that little sd card and it's giving you a readout of yeah. everything that's going on in real time. And then you put that in the computer and correlate data. And it's like, oh, that's the sexy stuff right there. Like, I love that. <laughs> like being able to correlate mm-hmm. weird paranormal happenings with different spikes and different atmospheric differences and disturbances. Yeah. Like that's the good stuff. It's like that to me gets us closer to, to what the hell is the antecedent of a haunting? What the hell mm-hmm. is the antecedent of anything paranormal right like what is the cause of all of this crap so i don't know but yeah i have all sorts of ideas (laughs) are there any substations out there anywhere near or uh like no the the closest thing um is the railroad tracks which do run right there alongside of it that was the other thing is that during that night or whatever there was this happened a couple different times that one of my buddies, I think it was Hauser actually, was on the damn tracks and he was walking like freaking stand by me shit, like walking oh, on the Lord. tracks all around <laughs> this bend and we're hearing a train coming. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh shit, like, okay, time to get off the tracks. And even to the point where we had moved all of our equipment away from the tracks because we didn't want anything bad to happen. And there was no train. No train came through. Hmm. Like you would swear to God that a train is about to come through. Like you're hearing it, you're feeling it and nothing, nothing. In fact, the the only train that actually came through was when we were leaving the next day. And we're like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Cause we're like, Oh, get everything off the tracks, but let's get shots of this because it would make for yeah. really cool. A really cool like, shot. Come on, Teddy Duchamp, you too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get off the track. Exactly. No, I'm going to dodge it. JJ. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Not too, but uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting area. And I was like studying it on the map after watching the documentary and my team was like we've got to go we got to do we got to yeah. do a, but i know the access was like a nightmare for oh y'all. my god and you mentioned a little bit earlier just well and going it, through the things yeah and so like the the key to the gate that would take you pretty much right by where you need to be like that's just at city hall like if you just go to city hall oh. and ask for the key for the most part like they should be able to help you out um super nice people in town too like very cool very accepting and accommodating. Like they know the history of the, of what's going on out there and they're more than willing to talk about it. Like it's yeah. super awesome. So, so it is city owned now that actual property where the mine was that, there, is it? that area is yes. Okay. That but area you get is, access somewhere else. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Cause then you got to talk to the actual landowner himself, uh, yeah. which was tricky. I mean, he was an older gentleman who was also, he was in the hospital. He was sick. I mean, more than likely he was passing away or in the process of passing away. And 
So it was like his son that we had to talk to and then his son's son and all this stuff. It's like, oh, my God, there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And then this guy even drove up at one point. Super nice gentleman. But you could also tell he was no bullshit whatsoever. Like he rolls yeah. up uh, on a four wheeler. He had two shotguns on the back of that and a really nasty looking dog that was like going to rip our face off. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like this guy is just making sure that we're okay. You know what I mean? Like we're cool uh, type of guy. Um, just making sure that we're not going to wreck anything. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was interesting. That was, it was a cool experience. That's for sure. <laughs> I thought it was cool that you guys were camping out there, but then I'm not a camper because I oh, think yeah. like uh, when you're in the woods, something's in the woods, there's something I don't care. You pick a, pick a cryptid, any cryptid, but yeah. it's yeah. like an Easter egg hunt for like something that wants to kill you. Cause you yes. have identified exactly where you're at. Just give me a pop-up chair and I'm yes. going to sit here. Cause I want to see that fucker approaching me. Yes. I'm not, I'm not hiding in a tent. I cannot. <laughs> I think like, that's the obvious, like, look at me. I'm here in this Easter egg for you and open up and. <laughs> Here's all the goods inside. Just kill us all. I swear. Um. <laughs> and I will say, like, I mean, the majority of people slept in their cars. Hauser didn't sleep at all. Like, he did not sleep, period, at all. Um, So, yeah, like, when we woke up the next day, I was like, all right, like, what's up? And everybody's in their car. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what happened last night? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, oh, that's crazy. Have yeah, you thought about um, looking into any other cryptids since Van Meter Monster? You know, um, yeah, like cryptids and all sorts of weird stuff. Like uh, my buddy David Glidden and I, we did a film called Into the Light and we did a part one and a part two um, into the light. I think now you can actually find on Tubi. OK, um, but um, it's all about like the exploration of the spook light phenomenon or what they call the spook light just disembodied little balls of light that also seem to have some weird form of intelligence to them um you think of like the joplin spook light and things like that which is one of the places that we went um but for the i'm trying to remember i think for the second film we went to what's called the board camp crystal mine which is in mina arkansas and if you ever get a chance to go out there, holy crap, that place is phenomenal. Um, lots of spook light activity, lots of UFO activity, but also lots of Bigfoot activity oh. as well. And these people are great. The people that run the place are freaking amazing, super nice people. Um, but yeah, they like, I can't even describe it. Like, that was the only other time that I had done anything like for cryptids. And I remember mm-hmm. specifically smelling um, what smelled like if, if you took a dog and rolled him in hot garbage and like, it was disgusting. It was Just like a wet dog with hot garbage. <laughs> it was, that's what it was. It was super nasty. Um, and then I remember Dave and I having a conversation and a rock going right between us. And it was like the hell like not even a rock. It was more like a stone type thing. Regardless, that scared me enough. Dave and I split up and I go to one section of this forest, which is like 40 acres of just thick, thick forest. Dave's on this other side or whatever. While I'm doing this crap, like these same stones are being thrown at me. Um, There was even one part of the film where it, it was my mom's birthday. 
And I apologize because her oldest son was about to be killed on her birthday and I was going to ruin the day for her uh, because I thought for sure, yeah, like I'm about to get lit up. But you could tell what I found most interesting about it. Like, don't get me wrong. I was terrified, but it was almost to the point where, you know, they're missing you on purpose. Like mm, this is okay. intentional. We're going to scare you enough. Yeah. We're going to give you some warning shots type of thing. Now, just kindly take your ass out of here type of deal, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally complied. You know what I mean? It's like I'm, you know, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night type of deal. Yeah, there's some in them. The, and that's that's oh. the scary part about cryptids too, right? Because they may actually be real. It's just something yeah. that's a creature that hasn't been proven whether it's real or not. And that's yep. why it's classified that way. That's the only reasons why reason why I think aliens are no longer really encrypted because our own government's <laughs> like, hey, yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be that would be a little trippy. We had the crystal mine. I don't know which one specifically in Arkansas, but that one's on the list. Yeah. Um, for us to go on like a little road trip, but I think I'm gonna get those tethers. Like you see the moms of the badass kids at the mall. Yes. I want to do that with my group now after hearing yeah, like the woods and like we're not getting separated well, here. It was so weird too because like uh, the gentleman that owns a place, his name was Orville, and Orville was walking us through this place, right? And he's like, "Oh yeah, well this is what we call the nursery." I'm like, "Now why do you call it the nursery?" He's like, well, this is where they're getting trained. I'm like, excuse me? Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, no, this is almost like like an adolescent Bigfoot, right? That is now learning the ropes. And he's like, look around. He goes, look all the way over there. I'm like, okay. He's like, what do you see? I'm like, I see the woods. He goes, yeah, but look at the floor. I'm like, okay. He goes, it's pretty clean, isn't it? Pretty clean, pretty tidy. I'm like, sure, I'll give you that. It looks like the woods. He goes, what about over here in the nursery? There's shit knocked down everywhere. There's stuff all over the the ground. Like he goes, like looks like a fucking teenager's room, doesn't it? I'm like, oh shit. He goes, yeah. He's like, this is why we call it the nursery. He's like, this is where they're learning and all yeah. that. I'm like, oh my god. Like, yeah. He was showing us things that were absolutely one thousand percent physically impossible for any human to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm we were leaving offerings, you know, and things like that. And then the next day they're gone and it's like a jar of peanut butter for God's sake. You know what I mean? Take the lid off and set it aside or whatever. It's like, Oh my God. Like it was bizarre. Um, and I was like, like, I'm like, we were out here supposed to be looking for a light. And now (laughs) we're dealing with like Sasquatch throwing freaking rocks at us. Like this is crazy. Um, but a super cool experience nonetheless. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to, I'll be like, okay, y'all, I have a list that's even longer now for the next road trips. I will say this, that like, since it's a crystal mine, like, it's very odd out there anyway, like, just atmospherically, whatever. Oh, yeah. If you take your camera and put it on the ground, it'll zap, zapped out, camera dead, Um, (laughs) like, battery is completely fried. And then, like, the fence posts around it, like... You take a compass and you put one up to this metal fence post and it says north. Three, four feet down, you go to the next one, it says south. You're like, what the, how the hell is this possible? Like, it's so weird and charged. It would have to be though, right? Because like crystals have been proven that that's why people use them is because they have these energetic properties just naturally. That's it. And you have a place. It's almost like being in a vortex, right? Like Yes. You know, the natural vortex is where they're just energetically some magnetic crisscross shit yep. stuff goes awry. But, and I mean, 
it was even to the point too where it's like okay like josh gates yet again was out there and i mean their cameras zapped and things like that like it was crazy um that was like expedition unknown i believe was the name mm -hmm. of that show i don't know but they were out there um but anyway like very odd things happen out there and so dave and i went into town went into mina itself and went to the the library specifically and we were looking at um different claims of ufo activity i think this was specifically from mufon maybe but looking over mina arkansas and directly across the country with mina right there in the center basically it was just like sighting after sighting after sighting after sighting going right over mina it was like the UFO super highway going right across the continental United States. It was phenomenal to see this. And it was going right over, right over where we were camping. I like, don't expect to be seen out there. Right. Because there's not anything out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's nothing around. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, it was so cool. It, it was such a cool experience. Like doing this and, and seeing this and experiencing that for myself. But yeah, like super interesting. Yeah, I um, usually when I'm going someplace new for a vacation or a trip, I'll lead usually with looking for a ghost tour. And so I was telling my boyfriend, we're getting ready to go to Arizona. And yeah. I said, uh, you know, I want to go out to Jerome. And he's like, well, what's Jerome? So I'm like, oh, it's this crazy wild, wild west town. I want to go to Tombstone. Yeah. I want to do all this shit. Yes. I want to go to this vortex. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And he's like, yeah, 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 sure. That's and I said, good. and I want to go on a UFO tour in Sedona. He was like, no. <laughs> and everything else has been a no since then. I was like, Mesa ghost tour writables. He was like, no. And oh, just man. After UFOs, it's a no. Now I'm like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> damn. Yeah, the UFO stuff is what's weird though. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the stuff that's weird. But then at the same time, it makes you wonder. It's like, okay, the spook life phenomenon, mm -hmm. the Bigfoot phenomenon, the UFO stuff that's happening at the same time. It's like, is all of this connected in some way? Right. It's like, if you think of like the paranormal as a, like an octopus and one tentacle is ghosts and one tentacle is UFOs and one tentacle is cryptids and all of this stuff. Well, what the hell's the head? What's yeah. the head, right? Like what is controlling all of these arms and all of that stuff? It's like that. I think they call it like the unified paranormal theory or something like that. I don't know. I forget. But yeah. And then the eels coming up from the deep sea. Oh, fuck. The like fish, that, whatever. Oh, like that stuff. That stuff. I am the, more scared of the deep sea than I am. Me too. Thank you <laughs> very much. And why is that? Because we know more about outer space than we do yeah. our own damn oceans. Now that says something. Yeah. Like we don't. How though? No. Why? I don't think we can actually, honestly, I don't think we can go down there. Like I don't think we can get that deep. Mm -hmm. Um, there's just too much, I guess, pressure or whatever. It's like there comes a certain point even that you wouldn't even be able to see any form of light whatsoever. And I'm like, that's terrifying because you don't so even. Just, my brain doesn't even. Right. Like we cannot fathom that. Like, yeah, I don't even remember. There was some weird illustration that I saw about the deepest point of an ocean that we know of and how you could fit like the Empire State Building on that. Yeah. And then this and like even. uh I forget even what mountain it was like mm -hmm. Everest or Fuji or something like that, yeah. that it was like, you could fit all of this in there and you're still not going to touch the bottom. I'm so like, here's what it leads me to believe though. Yeah. We know how to measure up to the sky, right? Because True. we've done it. Yeah. We, you know, we know the feet, we know these things, we know where planes fly, but we can't do it down. 
Why? And so that's my question. So that right. I, I always wonder why. And then I say, if we've measured the earth and we have all these hypotheses about how our earth is built and formed and just sure. is, yeah. how do they stand true if the ocean is infinitely deep that we can't even discover the bottom? Eventually you're getting to the core and shit's boiling, right? Right. Exactly. How can, you, how can it? I don't understand how. Well, I think it's like, because I think it's over two miles deep or something crazy. It is crazy. But, but I'm like, how is that? How to me, I, my, I'm like, how can that layer of the earth even be that deep? There's a core and it's round, right? Yeah, because, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. The earth is only so dense, right? Like, eventually you're going to get to the center, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's where all the weird. secrets are at. Oh, God. Oh, God. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like, who yeah. knows what's down there? It could be more terrifying than anything we think we know about. Right. And that's what makes like. That's what I like to think about too, is the fact that I'm like, okay, I'm like, what if like how many species are down there that we have yet to even uncover or find species, or classifications, document? right? Oh, I'm like all sorts of cool things. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's still at the same time, it's terrifying. Because open, it, I hate open water. Like this is the reason oh is God. because I don't know. Yeah. And my luck would be sure. I'm finally going to go on a cruise two things are going to happen some undiscovered creature is going to decide it's pissed off at being all the way down there or two titanic oh my god it's one or the other there's no smooth sailing for me it's yeah just... well it's like those poor people that went to uh well they were going to look at the titanic right they were going down in that submissible or whatever to look at the titanic wreckage itself and it mm -hmm. it just crushed like a damn tin can like the pressure's too much and is like uh... but you know what that was like part unfortunate part right. natural selection because you got agree. enough money to afford oh. to do this but not enough sense to know you probably shouldn't be down there yeah. with some duct tape and super glued carbon right. fiber ship especially <laughs> after how many experts told them don't do this mm -hmm. like you're not like this is not going to end well and they do it anyway they just spent their money going to the moon it's like you know how many freaking teslas you could buy with that kind of it's like, dude, come on. Like, you could have a really nice house. You could have the Tesla cars. You could, you could have all this fun stuff. It's and, why um, everyone knows Elon Musk's name because he's going to take him to outer space and nobody knows the people you know, that went underseas. <laughs> what is that thing that he's trying to do with Musk right now? Um, it's something it like a, a Neuralink. Oh, it's I watch, like I'm an watching Upload right now. <laughs> it's like an implantable thing that's going to go onto the brain of somebody. And now they're ready now to start cutting. You know what I mean? They're really trying to f start human trials with this, um, which means you're going to start implanting different things into your brain. I'm like, but what happens when that gets hacked? Because then you're hacking me. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, I don't, I don't know about that. It's like, come yeah. up. I don't know. Like, we can't even agree on social media. You know what I mean? Like, no. we can't agree on anything. On a stupid post about. Uh, what do they argue about in Iowa? Uh, intersections you should or should not stop at. Like we can't oh, even God get past sake. that. How to read signs at intersections. <laughs> or if this restaurant is actually has good pizza or if it's Quad City style or not. And we're all oh, see? brain implants. Sure. That's oh, a waste my. of technology to know what's in here. That's my point. Honestly. It's like, honestly, I think like I'm all about people being connected and all that stuff. But my God, guys. It's like I, I got to the point where I had to hop off social media, right? Like I just couldn't do it anymore because I'm looking at people just arguing all the time mm -hmm. about very trivial things. And I was like, okay, how many friends do I have on this whole Facebook thing? And it said 5,000. 
So I'm like, I had hit that mark where it's like, oh, now you have to delete people to add people, right? I'm like, of these 5,000 people, how many people are coming to my funeral? Yeah. I'm like maybe a hundred, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe yeah. 50, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm done with all of this. <laughs> like, that's, I'm but it's not because it, that's not real life. And not we, real life. but we, we try to make it and we can't right. force that. It's not natural. Right. But see, and that's another thing Like, I started to think a different way. I remember specifically, I was mowing the grass and this sounds so stupid, but I remember <laughs> listening to a podcast and then after hearing a point that somebody made on the podcast, thinking what kind of a weird, satirical, um, kind of a dickhead type of post could I make with this? What could I say that's going to be funny and yet also piss people off at the same time? I'm like, why would I do that? Why? Like, who cares? Why would I think in the form of a post? I'm thinking yeah. in the form of a post on mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. which matters fuck all to nobody. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. So I'm like, I'm done with it. That was the moment for me where I was mm-hmm. like, I'm done with all of it. I'm done with it. I want I want to have that. I've been close and I've had a lot of these you know, other oh. moments you do realize. And, um, I take pictures a lot because, you know, I forget shit. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's more of like, I want to remember this in a few years. And so sometimes yes. I can scroll through and be like, when was such and such? And I can scroll back and find them. Like, okay, cool. Um, but I, I, I'd have thought in terms of like, you know, taking a picture like on there, but it doesn't matter. You could post anything. You could have posted the picture of you mowing your lawn and you could have like, just said something random you were doing, but oh. also made it like, like you said, something that could piss people off at the same time. And that was it. Like, I remember specifically making posts that were just dripping with sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Like, for an example, I remember, um, do you remember the whole, like, QAnon thing? Mm-hmm. Where they were saying that John F. Kennedy Jr., I believe, was going to show up in Dealey Plaza in Dallas on a specific date at a specific time. And I believe it was November 22nd on the anniversary of Kennedy's assassination and all of that stuff, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Right now, obviously we knew it wasn't going to happen, but it didn't happen regardless. And instead of just letting it lie, I had to chime in. I had to make a post and I had to say like the groundhog, right? Like the groundhog didn't see a shadow. I'm like, Oh, so since JFK Jr. didn't show up, does this mean we have six more weeks of conspiracy theories? Like, what a dickhead thing to say. Funny, sure, but it's also, like, completely unnecessary. Why did I say that? Because mm-hmm. I'm an asshole. That's why I said that. Well, it, it's but, because of, it's how you're rewired. It's the rewiring right. of our brains. And we're looking for... Yeah. We're looking for now hundreds of likes and laughing faces and and hearts and things like that. And we want validation in the form of whatever. And it's like, this is how we've been programmed now. And it scares the shit out of me because, okay, now back to like the Neuralink thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what happens if that's a thing? Like what happens if this really happens? Like, oh my God, like, could we be programmed in some way then even further? program mm-hmm. to think a certain way act a certain way easily because you yes. have a new generation of people who parent way different than they have before that's and fair. yeah well, i think my sister is a great mom to her kids i don't want to discredit people you know sure. who are doing well but i will say from teaching high school i can within the last few years like i left the classroom in 2020 right when the pandemic hit it was my last god semester. bless you yeah yeah woof um and yeah. but i will say that the the parents are detached so the kids look for attention 
information anywhere they can get it. Even when you have parents that are involved, the kids still seek it because social media says they should. So now you're planting that. Now let's introduce another like fucking layer, AI, where you don't know if pictures are real or not. I've been generating pictures of cryptids and Bigfoot in the woods just for fun to see how they would look. Yeah. Yeah. And And I can, and it looks real. That's just it. So kind of on to that right now, I I was talking to a friend of mine and him and I always are really good at talking politics, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love politics. Let me rephrase. I fucking hate politics. I love political process. I love how things get done, right? I like that. Um, The problem is we just elect fucking people, whatever. But (laughs) but it's interesting because I was listening to a political podcast the other day. And this gentleman said, I want you guys to listen to something very interesting. And it was then Tucker Carlson saying something. I'm like, oh, fascinating. And I then cut back to the gentleman that hosts the show. And he goes, this wasn't Tucker Carlson actually saying that. He goes, in fact, Tucker Carlson still holds like the exact opposite view. He goes, This was my words, my voice from my show that they then manipulated the audio to then sound just like Tucker Carlson would say that. And you could not tell the difference. It was scary. So I was like, this is how, like, how do we go now? Like, how do we do this now? How do we navigate that? Because we still can't even agree who won the last fucking election. So how the (laughs) fuck are we going to agree that this is true or that's false? We can't. We have no form of media literacy whatsoever. Zero, in fact. It's gone. It's all gone. We do not question anything. Mm -hmm. We listen to our think tanks and our fucking echo chambers, and then we post. That's people's form of research. And I remember that's what sucks. So I, I am a little older. So class of 99. So however, you know, that makes me in my forties. So that's a 2000 right here. Okay. Okay. So we're the same age, but but, so I say if nothing existed prior to like, I'm even putting a buffer on it. I say, I only believe shit that happened online up until like 2020, 2021. (laughs) I don't fucking believe it. Cause you can't, you cannot, especially with AI, because it's like, I, I love the idea of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. there. And I'm sorry to say this because this is going to rub people the wrong way, but there has to be some form of check and balance. Yeah. There has to be. Otherwise anybody is going to be able to say whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. And you could make Tom Brokaw say whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. I could make Tucker Carlson say whatever he wants. I could make this person or that person. Mm-hmm. I, I could make the president of the United States say whatever he wants. And then yeah. you could broadcast that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, you know what? We're going to war with China. Yeah. Right. And then all you have to do is send that over. And now war China, of the world is like, what the fuck? What's, what's up this guy's ass? Yeah. He's like, you're not going to bomb me. I'm going to bomb you. You know, what I mean? like, And if people don't think that can happen, they should just look up war of the worlds. Oh my God. It happened. It it happened and it people happened. thought it was real as people, the fucking skin on their teeth. I mean, people, people literally, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. People <laughs> literally ran for the hills. Mm-hmm. People literally became hermits in the mountains. People quite literally committed suicide. I mean, it was they thought we were being attacked by aliens. They did. Mm-hmm. And it, oh boy, like I listen to that broadcast often. Yeah. Because it's, it's genius. 
but it's terrifying it and for what it was. Yeah. And everybody, yes. and that's my thing. And you didn't even have the technology. This was a guy who had written a, a story was written about an alien attack called war of the worlds. And they read it on the radio and everybody thought it, they just thought it was like real. Like they thought that this was a news broadcast being, you know, the writing yeah. was just that good. And we had to it study it in radio real. broadcasting and it just blew my yes. mind. Like of how that went. And now you have people can generate now pictures. So you have yeah. the president, someone like you said, fake a voice saying we're going to war with China. All I can say is, no, I didn't say that. But then are you taking away accountability? So when I do say stuff, I said, that wasn't me. That was someone generating right. some shit. Exactly. So what, like you said, checks and balances. It's so weird, but there's no policing, right? There's yeah. no form of policing. On the internet in general, there's really not. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we have freedom of speech and all that stuff, but it's yeah. it's kind of along the same lines as like, you can't say bomb on an airplane or you can't say right. fire in a theater. It's it's the same type of mentality. You, you can't do this. Like you shouldn't do that because it's yeah. it's more than uncouth. It's unsafe. But it feels no. like a setup, to be honest. It yeah. feels like um technology, if you look at it, has advanced so fast. Mm-hmm. But how did a classroom look 150 years ago? Right. The same damn the way same. it does today. The same. You're right. And it doesn't work. It didn't work for my students. I had at-risk learners. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't work for those kids. It doesn't work for any kids. Honestly, most high schoolers are at risk, technically speaking, but sure. uh, I just, it, it doesn't work. And so now we don't have that emotional intelligence. People don't build that. And yeah. that's on top of like them using social media as a frame of reference. And then the five, there's the seven second reset that now the TikTok and the Facebook reels have that impact on our actual brain's chemistry that and retention. It is fascinating. It's insane. And yep. it, they're already seeing in the new generations being born a slight curvature of the spine from technology. Already seeing it. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, so it is interesting, too. Like, my my son, who's five, I mean, he's been able to navigate on a smartphone for, I mean, since he was four. Maybe even since he was three. That's interesting. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, like how they can just kind of, it's very intuitive how they've created these devices. But technology, but yeah, you know, takes it. off. It's just out of, I mean, it's wild in 20 that years where we've went from, in 20 years ago, I didn't have a personal cell phone. No, God, no. No, that was like a, I don't know. Like that was something the rich kids had, you know what I'm saying? And it was a bag phone plugged into the car, right? Like it wasn't this little old pocket thing. So now we have, you know, that. And then on top of that, all these other, you know, the tentacles, right? The old paranormal octopus or whatever. (laughs) I just, it's like this perfect storm of things that part of me wants to see it in my lifetime. And part of me is be like, please 50 years more. And then do just go ham. (laughs) once I leave have at it whatever there was one thing that I ended up doing it's called the light phone and it's just a very small credit card sized phone it can call and text I can listen Mm -hmm. to podcasts things like that it's an e-ink display so it's very basic um and like I said it's the size of a credit card and it just fits right you know in your pocket or whatever but there's there's no bull crap whatsoever and so it's just like this whole digital detox thing that you try to do it sucks especially when you're trying to create films and talk to people about the films and you're trying to do this that or the other it's it's difficult but you know it is what it is 
if our generation, I call them the Zennials because I picked up on that. Oh, and sure. Yeah. Since. So we're kind of yeah, in between, yeah. right? The Gen yeah. X and the Millennials. If Because we, we're not either or. Yeah. It's like we kind of fit both categories, don't we? Yeah. And I think like the Millennials want to band with us too. So we can adopt them. But I feel like if we keep fighting the good fight and my thing is sometimes taking shit back to basics and yeah. um it's not, you can't really fight technology because that's always going to roll. But I think there has to be some level of resistance from people too, because we can't say the government's going to look out for our best interests. That's fair. That's all of it. I mean, they already told us aliens existed and we were just like, cool. What else? Yeah. Cool. Oh, no, that that next episode of tiger King drop. Right. That's all we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Just just that like, you know, like rest warrant for Carabaskin. I was invested (laughs) in tiger King, I will say, but not more so than like actual real, I guess that's real life for them, but um oh, yeah i just god damn i just yeah. yeah i don't get it i don't know and and um it makes me more intrigued because i don't want like i don't need the new shit i'm still out here investigating old shit i'm still looking up cryptids still talking to dead people yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know there's so much to still discover that we look for all this technology and all these things to bring us answers and um that's even what I say a lot of times um, going on a paranormal investigation, I prefer like, yes, there's a lot of cool tools that you need sometimes. Like how you sure. said, you know, it would have been nice to have the Eddie with you. That you no kidding. Meter. Yes. But I don't need them. You can go, you don't have to be a psychic medium, nor do you have mm-hmm. to have one with you. You can just go out and go off intuition. You yeah. know, if something doesn't seem right, if you notice things off in your body. So I, I often do do say that that's probably one of the best ways to experience it. I would totally agree with that. Like, and I always say even too, like if you're carrying around a K2 meter or for example, right. And that thing's pinging like crazy. Also, maybe like aside from the fact that something really cool is happening in front of you, Mm -hmm. maybe take note of the fact of how you're physically feeling. And then again, try to correlate that a week from now, a month from now or whenever that you're out and about doing your thing again. It's, I don't know, like that stuff right there is the cool stuff. Like, I think we are pre-programmed to know when something is awry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We get the, our hair standing up or what have you, the goosebumps, you know, all oh, that. Yeah. Has. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's there's <laughs> something there and it's right there. We're just not quite privy to any of it yet. And I say yet in such a hopeful way <laughs> because oh, <laughs> God, I really want to know. I think we all want to know. Like definitive yeah. what's going on. Will we ever? I have no idea. But goddamn, like we're getting closer and closer. I feel we are. But they're like, no, stop looking for that. It's like they're trying to guide you. Come look at this chip we want you to put in your brain instead. Come, oh my God. Yeah. Talk with the aliens. Yeah. No, I don't want to upload to the fucking cloud yet. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to at all. I, there's something we are close. I, it does feel so close. And yeah. I just, I'll have to share with you offline a picture that um, uh, when I host Spellbound Salem Radio, uh, my co-host is um, a tour guide out there and uh, his friend was in a house and found an old, like super vintage uh, seance machine. Holy crap. Built into the house and he's in the process of trying to acquire it. And I didn't realize that they had made machines to call the dead back in the day. And so... Like Edison was doing some weird shit with that, like the telephone to the dead and all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's similar. This is that I'm actually acquiring a picture for you right now. It's just that's cool. It's mind blowing, but I, but I, again, and that's that's really kind of what my interest was in it, and also why I did want to look in the into the cryptids too. Yeah. Although now after discussing, I kind of would like to maybe do the Van Meter investigation, yeah. but after that, I feel like that that would satiate me for life, and I would probably no longer 
Oh my god. Be interested. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like it oh, seems like a lot. Is there anything like in particular that you think um if someone was gonna go out and say hunt for a cryptid or do a little investigation when it comes to a cryptid, um, how would you say to prepare for that differently, maybe than what you would if you were gonna go do like a ghost hunt? You know, like honestly, I would uh, this is just me personally, I guess, but like going into a cryptid type of investigation, I would want to know as much as I possibly could regarding claims of activity, what's going on, what to expect, basically. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I'm if I'm going to like a haunted house or whatever, I don't think I want to know much until after the fact and then see if you can correlate and all of that jazz. Another thing about a cryptid is I would want to know with sightings, do they have any idea of an approximate size? So like, do, should you bring a pew pew? Should you bring a pole? Should you bring a knife? Like what kind of form of protection might you need in case you discover it's real? When I went out with my buddy Dave, like I was telling you before, I brought my gun for sure. And I, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, I hardly ever tell any, I barely ever mention the fact that I even own guns or anything mm-hmm. like that. But for this particular time, I was like, we're in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea who any of these people are. Plus there's the possibility of like seeing a Bigfoot. Like I would yeah. bring in a gun, you know what I mean? Like something, <laughs> and like just something to wear on my hip or on the back yeah. or something like that. Right. It was a good damn thing. Like, it was funny, too, because um, my buddy Dave likes to mess with me. And I mean, he really likes and he knows my absolute fear of aliens and all of that stuff. And so he's like, "Eh, maybe don't bring the gun. I'm like, I'm bringing the gun. He's like, yeah, but maybe don't bring the gun. (laughs) I'm like, I'm bringing the gun. And I mean, you got to live with it. But I'm like, God, what's up his ass? Like, not why not bring a gun? Like, Jesus fucking square. Like, whatever. Okay, but but I'm like, whatever. Um, but we had gone out there and he had tricked me at one point, uh, Orville and I had been walking around and then I radio for Dave and Dave wasn't answering, which is unusual. And so I was like, well, let's just walk over and see where Dave is. Well, I see Dave's cameras on the ground and there's no Dave. And I was like, oh shit, like what's going on? You know what I mean? So I'm freaked out and I run down this path and all that stuff. And I'm like, Dave, Dave, Dave. And I'm like, where are you? Like screaming out for him and then i hear this rustling in the bushes from off to the side and here comes dave in this full alien costumes like top to bottom he is in a full thing and he's doing all these weird movements and you literally hear me just scream everly expletive known to man like pure unadulterated fear it was amazing and he goes, it's just me, it's just me, it's just me, because he knew I was reaching for, like, my gun, because I'm like, I'm about to bag an alien. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, it's just me, it's just me, and he's laughing and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my freaking God. Um, it was Dave terrible. about got got. Yeah, just about. So, actually, <laughs> if you watch Into the Light 2 during the credit roll, that scene, you will see. 100%. Okay. You will see me. Looking in my freshly beshitted <laughs> pants, like freaking out. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Oh Dave my God. Was, Dave was very close to. <laughs> like, just, oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say definitely. But you know, there there is that fear. That's just kind of in all of us. But I think it gives a good idea of how closely related. And sometimes that's the adrenaline for me. I don't do roller coasters. I don't do none of that shit. Yeah, I'm uh, not a fan of that either. So yeah. I can, but I get my adrenaline from the investigations. Like I yeah. really, it's yeah. kind of just yeah. Once you start doing, if you're into it, you're going to be into it. And I think that's a definite thing to get into for sure. I, yeah. I talked to you about this shit all day and I feel like a I know, couple other do. topics too now that came up and I'm like, I could just keep going. <laughs> but I appreciate your time today. And, and oh yeah, of course. Thing. So. It's only last. episode two. So, you know, we're still, we're still new here. Um, but I wanted to branch out because I, I knew we had a Van Meter Monster as soon as I came up with my own, you know, podcast kind of branching off of Salem radio so that I yeah. could talk about other shit. It was yeah. right away. It was just fan meter positive. I'm like, I wonder if Josh would be up for the podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure. Always, Good. always, always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you very much. And um, I appreciate you. And I appreciate anyone else who's listening to, to Batty Fang. And I hope that we'll find plenty of topics to talk about again sometime in the future and uh, probably see you again in Malvern. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Good night, everybody.